The countdown has begun. In just 24 hours, a 16-year-old girl will be transferred from the ICU to a psychiatric care unit. But she still has several severe infections. She had a heart attack, and she doesn't know where she is or even who she is. Even with these alarming medical red flags, because she has a history with an eating disorder, every other doctor agrees that she needs psychological care and doesn't need medical care anymore. You have one day to figure out what's wrong with her and to get her the help she needs. Your time starts now. Hey everybody, welcome to Ed on Ed, the show where we dive deep into the topic of eating disorders, looking below the surface and beyond the basic. I'm your host, Liz, and I'm ready to learn something new. I hope you are too. It's a breezy fall day here in Austin, Texas, and I'm joined as always by Dr. Ed Tyson, a physician who has been specializing in the treatment of eating disorders for over 30 years now. Good morning, Dr. Tyson. Good morning, Liz. So today's episode is called The Eating Disorder to Psych Write-Off. What does that phrase mean to you? It means that patients with eating disorders are treated as purely psychological cases and physicians not doing their medical due diligence. So basically a phenomenon where if you have an eating disorder, there's a chance that those taking care of you will only look for your psychological needs and potentially ignore medical ones. Or not even think about whether or not those medical conditions uh, exist. Well, in this podcast, we always want to ground these discussions we have uh, in the lived experiences of those who've struggled with an eating disorder and who've experienced this phenomenon that we're talking about. Whose story are we going to hear about today? I'm going to share the story of Lindsay. How did you first get involved with Lindsay's case? Lindsay's sister approached me after I did a talk on medical issues and eating disorders. She asked if I would give a second opinion on her sister's condition. It turns out that her sister, Lindsay, had been hospitalized, who had been hospitalized in a psychiatric facility for an eating disorder a year earlier, was now in an ICU in a medical hospital. The doctors told the family that within a day they were transferring Lindsay back to a psychiatric facility. The family, however, thinks some serious medical issues still are ongoing, and they don't understand why she's suddenly being released to a psychiatric facility. So introduce us to Lindsay. Lindsay is a 16-year-old girl who passed out at home. An ambulance came and took her to a pediatric hospital and she was put in the intensive care unit where she was found to have all of the following. Pneumococcal pneumonia, a kidney infection called pyelonephritis, salmonella gastroenteritis, which is a severe traveler's diarrhea, sepsis, which is a condition when an infection is spread all over her body, and an EKG and enzyme changes that were consistent with a myocardial infarction, commonly known as a heart attack. So not only is this girl passing out, she has diarrhea, she has all these different infections, and she's had a heart attack. Yes. She had all those conditions, but they're transferring her in one day. Why aren't they having the same concerns that the family's having? 
It's a good question. And they thought, and my impression was that they were trying to get rid of a psychiatric issue because they felt that was not something they wanted to treat and that they had done enough to stabilize her. And did you feel this is potentially one of these write-off scenarios where doctors see that she has this psychiatric illness of an eating disorder in her past and instantly it's, can we make this Sykes problem so that we don't have to deal with her anymore? Since I've seen it many times, that certainly entered into my head. But first, I had to see whether or not something medically was going on. So you heard this sister's plea and you decided to join the case. Yes. What do you do? Well, I agreed to go, and as soon as I got to the hospital, I was told that I was basically going to do it myself. The other doctors signed off on the case almost immediately. Wow. So you were initially just called in to be the second opinion. Right. This person who was going to do a little further research, help out the doctors, but you get there and they basically shove the file <laughs> at you and turn around and walk away. That is it. I even offered even if this is an eating disorder, would you like to have some education about this or other aspects? The answer was no. Is that a usual thing for doctors to do? I don't think this was handled the way we would normally do things. It seemed emotional rather than professional. What do you mean by emotional? It seemed like they did not want to have anything to do with her. And my guess was, since I've seen it so many times before... It was because she had an eating disorder. Mm. And they don't... Ugh. Oh, okay. That's that's not the kind of response you ever want from a doctor. No. But you're in charge, but you're also on your own. What's your first step? In medicine, you're taught to follow a process. Number one, you get the history. Talk to the family. Talk to the patient. Number two, you go examine the patient. Number three... You look at the chart and old records, whatever you can find, and then you make your assessment and your plan. So you're starting from square one. You're getting all this information. What stands out to you? Three big things. Number one, when I went to see her, she was completely disoriented. She did not even know who she was, where she was, why she was there. She was clueless. She was alert. But that was it. Wow, that's a really serious symptom. I don't remember you mentioning that earlier. Was that noted in her chart? Not in the chart. Nobody had said anything. The family didn't know it. So I was wondering, is this new? Something as a consequence of what had happened before? Is this a brand new condition? I don't think it was psychiatric. Wow, so we have a new symptom. That's the first thing. What's the second thing? Because she had a heart attack, I decided she needed to be seen by an adult cardiologist. An adult cardiologist? I mean, who has she seen by before? Doogie Hauser? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, she had actually had a pediatric cardiologist. But it turns out what I mean is the pediatric cardiologists are those who see mostly children, not adults. And heart attacks don't occur hardly ever in children. So a pediatric cardiologist is used to seeing other heart conditions, but because she has a heart attack, you need someone who's seen that a lot. Correct. And you're going to reach out to an adult cardiologist. Yes, one who I know who I think will do a very thorough assessment. So what's the third thing that's on your mind? 
the big question of why. Why did all this happen to her, a 16-year-old girl hit with a train wreck? This does not appear to be from an eating disorder careening downward. And from what the family said, she had been relatively stable all this time. So this train doesn't seem to be psychological in nature. This is a medical mystery train. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I have actually presented this case to about 100 eating disorder specialists, physicians, and other clinicians, and no one has gotten it right. All right, Sherlock, how do you go about solving this mystery? Well, I did call that cardiologist, and he was one who did not like loose ends, and he saw something that I had seen, but looked over, and he decided to address it. What did he find? He found an elevated potassium that had occurred only once, and that was on admission. Okay, so it's just this one time she had a high potassium level. Why is that unusual? Well, they had checked it many other times after that, but it was normal. But elevated potassium is not common. And there's only a few things that can cause it. Like what? Well, we, in medicine, we rule out things sometimes. So we ruled out that she was taking too much potassium, like some people can do who are on that medicine. We ruled out that she did not have severe kidney disease. She had an infection, but it wasn't chronic kidney disease. And then there's one more thing. So what is it? Addison's disease. What's Addison's disease? It's when the adrenal glands no longer produce cortisol. Mm. Tell me more. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and you need it. Her test showed she was zero. So the next thing you do is say, well, let's check and see if it can produce it. So we gave what's called a stimulation test. And still with that, the adrenal glands did not produce any cortisol. She was completely devoid of cortisol. Her adrenal glands did not function at all. Why do we need cortisol? While it's called a stress hormone, it helps you with stress. It does many things. Uh, They produce hormones that regulate glucose. They protect you against infection. They help the body respond to things like injuries and illness and even maybe emotional stresses. They regulate the body's sodium and potassium levels, blood volume, blood pressure, sex hormones, and they also do, interestingly, stimulate melanocytes that make the skin more dark or tan. So some of those things you mentioned seems like she would really need that right now. Like she's dealing with an infection, she's dealing with stress to her body, and she doesn't have this chemical that would help her with that. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. Addison's, Addison's disease will cause progressive weakness, fatigue, poor appetite, weight loss, GI symptoms that may include nausea, vomiting, and occasional diarrhea. Dizziness, especially upon standing, low glucose or hypoglycemia, infections, loss of periods called amenorrhea, depression, and hyperpigmentation. A lot of those things sound like things she's been dealing with. That is correct. And think about how many of those also are seen in eating disorders. 
yeah, I guess weakness, poor appetite, weight loss, vomiting, all those things you could assume were an eating disorder. So it seems like you guys have found this solution. She has Addison's. It explains these strange things she's been dealing with. Is there any way to treat it? All you do is you replace the hormones that the adrenal glands produce. And it's that easy? That easy. It's all oral medication. How'd she respond? Did she get better? Within two days, she was fully oriented, feeling normally, eating normally, talking thoughtfully and appropriately, and she was ready to go home. I transferred her to home, not to a hospital. So at the beginning of this, she had one day to be transferred to psych. By the end of this, in two days, she's able to head home. But what would have happened if she didn't receive this Addison's diagnosis? Everything would have recurred, and I think she could have died within a week. Wow. And one of the issues with Addison's is that you can't really recover easily from things, right? Well, if you've got your medication, you can tolerate things very well. President Kennedy had Addison's disease that was diagnosed well before his presidency. And he continued on to be president of the United States. So, yes, you can be normal. And how's she doing now, long term? Well... She saw a dietitian and therapist. She was eating normally. She had family issues they talked about, was working on, but nothing different from so many other people. And her eating disorder evaporated. Wow. I mean, honestly, what a turnaround. So it makes me wonder whether or not she ever had an eating disorder in the first case. What do you mean by that? Addison's doesn't occur overnight. It's a gradual process. It takes time to get to zero cortisol. You start off with a dysfunction, it doesn't work so well, and then it eventually stops. So this was probably going on back when she was hospitalized for anorexia nervosa at a psychiatric facility. So potentially Addison's is what caused the weight loss, the poor appetite that were mistaken for an eating disorder. Yes. So... There's probably really no way to test that, but there is a possibility that the Addison's led to the eating disorder. Yes. Was the source. Right. I did check records from the psychiatric hospital and could not find a potassium. They never checked. Never checked. Wow. Things could have been different, but at least you were there to check. And to be honest, at least you got somebody else involved who found even your missing thread. That is absolutely right. You got to have people on the team to cover all the bases. So you went through quite an experience. You were on a timer 24 hours to figure this out. You were put on it completely on your own, out of the blue. And in the end, you did have success, success that meant this young girl got to go home rather than go to a psych ward where she might have died within the week. What do you hold with you after this case? I was relieved I did not write off Lindsay. I trusted my instincts and my training, and I got good help. And also that this write-off phenomenon does exist and has to be addressed. My takeaway when I look at it 
from a bird's eye view is how diametrically opposed the way you and the cardiologist you reached out to approached her case and the way the doctors that were handling it before approached it. They saw just one thing in her chart that she had an eating disorder, didn't go through that procedure you were talking about, didn't really even talk to the family, but you stuck to that procedure, got more information, and you got someone else on your team. It's literally the most opposite approaches possible. Them not even joining you on it, pushing it all to you, versus you taking it on, looking deeper, getting the family on your side, and getting in another doctor to help you. And I'm just really proud of you for having that approach. What do you think causes people to have that attitude? Well, you would hope physicians would not react that way, but we're humans and we need to watch out for that. One of the big things is ignorance about eating disorders. There's very little training. Psychiatry does not even mandate training in eating disorders. So much less other medical subspecialties. There's also the preformed prejudice about mental disorders anyway. And that uh, you look at insurance, and they consider physical and mental as two separate parts. There's behavioral health, and there's medical. And yet they do intersect all the time, especially in eating disorders. It's a perfect example of that. And yet they both go hand in hand, and when both are treated, the person becomes whole. Thank you so much, Dr. Tyson, for sharing your knowledge and expertise. And thank you, listener, for taking the time to learn something new. Till next time, I'm Liz. And I'm Dr. Ed. And this has been Ed on Ed. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Ed on Ed Podcast to hear all the latest news. And if you learned something today, please take a moment to rate, review, or follow us.